Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned as we race toward Christmas Day and we get busier and busier and busier. We want to take some time today to just ah, take a pause. And while we're pausing in the busyness and demands of this season, we pray that we might focus on the real reason for the season. And you know if you're a Christian what that exactly is. We want to go a little bit deeper into the message, keeping the cross in Christmas. Uh, And uh, we pray that you will stay tuned today, that your Christmas day can be a day of joy and rejoicing, irrespective, irregardless of the immediate circumstances you may find yourself in. There is reason for hope, There is reason for joy. There is reason for deep gratitude and thanksgiving as we celebrate the gift of God's Son and the gift of His life uh, for our sake on the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't get away from the cross. If you move away from the cross, you move away from the core of the gospel. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I don't want to know anything among you but Christ and him crucified. And he said, if, it, if I glory, if I boast in anything with all of his revelations, all of his experiences in God, he said, if I boast in anything, I will boast, I will glory, which is the word that he used in the New Testament, I will glory in the cross of Jesus Christ, whereby I'm crucified to the world, and the world is crucified to me. So, friends of mine, I want you to know it is through the cross that all the benefits and blessings of Christmas come to us. Hey, he couldn't go to the cross if he hadn't went to the cradle first and become, took on flesh to pay our sin debt with pure, innocent blood. And friend of mine, I'm so glad to declare this Christmas that we should rejoice above all the peoples of the earth, we who know the reason for the season. Uh, and we would like to invite you to come to our website before we get into our message today. We will read once again just the first verse uh, of this chapter and verse Isaiah 9 and verse 6 in just a moment, and then go to the New Testament. But if you would like to come to visit our website, type in THCOG. THCOG. That stands for the Holy Church of God. We're an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International in good standing since 1974. If you do the math, this January, we're going to celebrate 43 years uh, where I have been the senior pastor uh, and now I'm doing the work of an evangelist as well right here in the city of Tampa where this broadcast originates. Thank you for for listening to this broadcast, learning from this broadcast, I pray, and being therefore blessed by this broadcast. If you know anyone else that you feel this broadcast would be a blessing to, uh, you can be a media missionary by dropping them a card, writing them a letter, writing them an email, and telling them that they can hear this broadcast just like you're hearing it live right here on WMAF. Uh, by going to WMAF radio website, 
Type in WMAF Radio. And up in the right-hand corner of their homepage, there is a place where you can listen live to all of the family-friendly programming right here on WMAF. And if you're listening right there right now in Madison and North South Georgia, North Florida, we are so glad that you are pausing with us today for a little while to really concentrate on what all of this hustle and bustle is all about. It's not the commercialization nor the mentality of Christmas. It is the real reason for the season. As we talk about this, you may be uh, taken back a little by talking about the cross more than the cradle at Christmas time. You know, this week I read that in a, on the uh, Google News, I read where... Uh, uh, that a, a town here in America, a community here in America that have a community Christmas tree for the town to enjoy every single year. That for years uh, they have had a cross on the top of that Christmas tree indicating that for Christians, this is a Christian holy day. It is not just a commercial holiday. And the ACLU uh, has succeeded in a lawsuit to have the cross remain uh, taken down from the Christmas tree. And as I read that, I thought we're already in a series of, of, of teachings on keeping the cross in Christmas, not just keeping it on the top of the Christmas tree as the centerpiece, but keeping it in the center of our hearts. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you're not cross-centered, then you and I as Christians are off-centered because we're missing the core issue of the gospel, which is the, the fact that Jesus came as a substitute, as a substitute lamb to take our place on the cross and take our punishment on the cross so that we could have our sins remitted, forgiven, <laughs> forgotten, and we could be not only forgiven our sins, but we could be granted Christ innocence. It's called the gift of righteousness. And other than the gift of Christ himself uh, to die in our place, it is one of those undisturbed wonderful gifts that have been granted us through the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of Jesus as God's love gift to us. It speaks of righteousness as a gift within that gift. Hallelujah. It's like opening a gift and finding a gift within the gift. Praise God. And the more we look at the grace of God, we see the, the wonderful blessings and benefits that we have and we employ and we enjoy as God's children. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, we want you to know the wonder of this season. We want you to know the wonder of a love like this, a love like no other. Praise God. Well, having said that, uh, our website, type in THCOG, come to our website. You can listen live to past issues of Let's Talk About Jesus. You can listen to evangelistic camp meeting type sermons over 1,300 spanning over four decades of ministry. Hallelujah. So we offer everything that we offer free 
of charge. Uh, we are so glad to have people who donate, people who invest in this ministry that is investing in the furthering of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So if you have your Bibles, Isaiah 9 and verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given. Goes on to say his name shall be called, or as one translation, his royal titles. You know, uh, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The government will be on his shoulders. And it's talking about the coming of Christ to take on flesh. A child is born, and a son is given. Now we're focusing on the fact that a son is given. And the counterpart uh, to this, this given and giving of a son, God loving enough to give his son in our behalf to die for us, specifically to die for us, and then to be raised from the dead and to live for us. Praise God. Amen. Is John 3.16 in the New Testament where it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You see, a Son was given the moment Jesus took on flesh and came to live out His life on this earth and to ultimately die for us on the cross. A Son was given in the heart and mind of God. The second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, hallelujah, was given in our behalf. Hallelujah. That is the joy. That is the power. That is the privilege. That is the promise of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're saved today if you're a Christian because a Son was given. And you can be saved today if you're not a Christian because a son is given. And what a wonderful foundation for you to believe God for everything that He's provided in and through Him to you and to me. And that is the, the logical, spiritual argument of the Apostle Paul in Romans 8 and verse 32. This should be a boon to your faith today. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not with him also freely give us all things? Praise God. How will he not also with him give us all things? Freely give us all things. Why? Why would, he, why would he say that God will keep every promise, he will fulfill every purpose in our life that he has promised and purposed? Because if he loved us enough, and he did, because unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That is the message of the angels. And the moment that Savior was born, God had given his Son to us. Because there was no turning back from the cradle to the cross. Because Jesus said in the garden of Gethsemane, under the pressure that he was under, nevertheless, if there's any other way, any other way to what? To save you, to save me, to forgive you, to forgive me. If there's any other way for that to occur, let this cup pass from me. 
But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. God loved us enough to give us His own Son, His only begotten Son, His Son in whom He was so well pleased, His Son who never sinned, and to give Him in our behalf. Hallelujah. And friend of mine, because of that gift, it says no other good thing will He withhold from us. And then it tells us in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, uh, exactly all that He's provided. <laughs> He'll give us all things. And listen to what this says. Second Peter 1 and verse 3. According to His divine power, hath given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Praise God. Friend of mine, the supreme issue of faith is not getting God to give us our request or to help us with our problem or our need. Uh, it is to receive His provision. Because the Bible said, number one, a God that would give His Son, a Christ that would give His life for you and me, won't withhold anything that He has promised, anything that He has purposed and provided for us. According to His divine power, hath, past tense, given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, everything you need in life to live in this faulty body and this faulty world <laughs> until Jesus comes. Friend of mine, He's provided for that in Jesus Christ. And He's provided for godliness, everything we need to live pleasing to God, to become more and more like our Sovereign and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our oh, friend, God has made the provision in and through His Son and what He accomplished for us at the cross. That's why someone said, look well upon this rugged cross and fix it in your mind that in the midst of Christmas joys, the cross of Christ you find for all our celebration at Christmas time this year, unless it centers in the cross, will give no lasting cheer. Ah, oh, friend, what God has done when He gave us Jesus, what Jesus did when He hung on the cross in our place for our benefit, for our blessing. Ah, oh, there's no gift. There's nothing the world could offer up that can compare to the gift we have in Jesus Christ. The gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of righteousness is all provided in the gift of Jesus Christ to you and to me. You know, most of us this year are thinking about what we're going to get for someone that we love. You may be thinking about the perfect gift for your husband or your wife. You may think about the perfect gift for a parent. You may be thinking about the perfect gift for a boyfriend or girlfriend. You might be thinking about the perfect gift for your children whom you love. And friend of mine, the greatest gift that we could ever think about giving is what we would give to God for His gift to us in Jesus Christ. 
what would be appropriate, what would please Him more than anything that we could possibly give Him. And by the way, what would you give the Creator of the universe, the Creator of heaven and earth and all that's in it, including you and including me? What can we give God. You know, David answered the question or asked the question, what shall I give unto God? In the Old Testament, the psalmist, in the Psalms, what shall I render to God for all his benefits unto me? And in Psalm 103, he begins to answer that eternal question. And he said, bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me, Bless His holy name. Praise God. And forget not His benefits. And the top of the list, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. And then who healeth all of thy diseases. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles who delivers thy soul. He goes on and on and on thanking God for all that grace provides for him. Oh yes, there is grace, not like we know it in the New Testament, but there was grace for David, there was forgiveness for David, and there was restoration for David when he repented. And he said he forgives all of my iniquity, he heals my diseases, he delivers my soul from destruction, he satisfies my mouth with good things, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. And what shall I render to God? The calves of our lips, the New Testament says, in gratitude expressing true spiritual worship and praise, spiritual sacrifices that we offer up when we worship the Lord with a heart filled with gratitude. Give Him praise. Give Him worship. And in your worship, give Him yourself. Give Him your whole being. Give Him your heart. Hallelujah. In reciprocal love. What do you mean by reciprocal love? It means just loving Him back for loving us so much. The greatest gift that you could give God is in Romans 12. And it will cause you to praise Him and worship Him and and give the other gifts. But the supreme gift that you could offer God today for His gift, the unspeakable gift of Christ to you and me, is in Romans 12 and verse 1 and 2. Listen to it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. You see, this is the requisite response, not the required response. God doesn't want us to be grateful because He demands it. He wants us to be grateful because we see how much we have received from Him and we want to give back to Him that that would express that gratitude. What shall I render to God? Nothing less than my whole heart in love for Him. Listen, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, 
which is your reasonable service. I want to stop here for a moment because this phrase, reasonable service, would be rendered in the, the, the Greek rendering of that phrase would be your true spiritual worship. And you know the Bible says that God, God wants us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And true spiritual worship is not just singing a praise song or singing a praise from our mouth alone. It has to come from the heart. And it has to represent a true attitude of the heart. And that true attitude of the heart should be gratitude for all that we have in Jesus Christ. And for the great cost of 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 giving his son and the great cost of Jesus giving his life. And I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer your body. When we offer our body, it contains our soul and our spirit. It's the whole of our being. That we might be sanctified holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, spirit soul, and body, as the Scripture declares. And when we give ourselves to God, to that fullness, and become a true follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, oh, there'll be many battles with the flesh, but there should be no battle with His Lordship in our life. We should want Him to be our Master because He has, he has redeemed us with His own blood, out of every kindred, tongue, and nation, that we might wash our robes, that we might trade our sin-stained garments for His his sinless robe, His pure white robe of righteousness. The Bible theologians call this the great exchange, our guilt for His innocence. It's not just being forgiven our sin. We're granted His innocence. His righteousness, and the Bible speaks of it as a gift, just like it speaks of salvation as a gift, just like it speaks of a son is given a gift. Hallelujah. And if God loves us enough to give us a gift of this magnitude, how will he not? How would he even think of not fulfilling every promise and every purpose of good in our life? And that becomes a basis for faith in him. So that when we pray, whatsoever we ask in prayer, believing, we shall receive. Oh, friend, this Christmas can be a life-changing Christmas if we keep the cross in view. And we respond to God's indescribable gift by giving ourselves in full surrender, in full consecration, in full dedication. And we can do that responding to mercy with love, responding to grace with love, responding to love like this by simply loving Him back. Someone said one time uh, that we, we should love the Lord just like He loved us with the same kind of absolute committed love. And the Scripture declares it, we love Him because 
he first loved us. In other words, our love for him should be stimulated by his love for us. And the scripture goes on to teach that we've known and believed the love that God has for us. For God is love. But this God who is love has demonstrated that love in the gift of his son. And Jesus displayed that love on the cross when he stayed on it for six agonizing hours until our sin debt was paid in full. What should I render? David was talking about the grace of the Old Testament sacrificial system provided so that man could be forgiven. But in the New Covenant, all friend, there's no lamb offered as precious as the Lamb of God. Who am I? Who am? Who are you? Who are we that God would take on flesh and die for? Who am I? Who are you? Who are we that he would say, Not my will thine for? The songwriter goes on to say the answer, I may never know why he ever loved me so, that to an old rugged cross he would go. For who am I? I know one thing, I don't deserve love like that. But that is the nature of grace. That is the demonstration of divine love. The scriptures declare God hath commended his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, God's love for you brought Jesus into this world from the glories of heaven to take on flesh, to lay helpless in a manger, and to die seemingly helpless on a cross. But he rose on the third day with a victory that is is absolutely eternal in its nature because he conquered an eternal enemy, death, reigned no more when Jesus rose from the dead. And he promised you, and he promised me, that if we would come to Christ as our Savior and we would repent of our sin, that we could be forgiven and that we could be raised from the dead to live with him in the holy city. (laughs) Amen. And be reunited with loved ones that preceded us. And in this gift is a gift and a gift and a gift that keeps on unfolding. It's called the manifold grace of God. It's kind of like one of those those oriental fans that we decorate a wall with and, and you see it closed up and you don't see all of the beautiful artwork and the beautiful colors that are blended. But when you take that huge fan and you begin to open it up with every fold, we see more and more of the glory and the grandeur of the artwork. And it's the same way with grace. It is manifold. It has many folds. And as we begin to see all that we have in Christ because of that old rugged cross, we begin to see more and more reasons to praise Him, honor Him, serve Him, 
and love him supremely with all that we are and all that we have. Oh, friend, this Christmas season, when there seems to be more commercialization in the world and, and a lot of sentimentality in the church world, I believe we need to grasp the true spiritual impact and the eternal value of the great gift that we have in Jesus Christ. And I believe we need to respond by offering our body a living sacrifice, by letting the flames of the first love kindle if they haven't been kindled and rekindled if we have lost that appreciation for the cross of Jesus Christ. And I do pray today in the name of Jesus that if you don't know Christ as your Savior, this Christmas season, the greatest gift that you could receive from the Lord is the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation. And the greatest gift that you could give the Lord is to come to Him. You know, the Bible said that there's joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that comes to repentance. And today, you could be that one that brings joy to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, to some of your loved ones that, were, that have believed on Him. If you had Christian loved ones, it'll make news in heaven when you get saved. And there will be joy and there will be great rejoicing. Come to Christ today and have the greatest Christmas that you have ever enjoyed. Hallelujah. And if you're a Christian today, once again, keep the cross the center of Christmas. You will find the joy that you're looking for that you could never find under the tree. You can find it on the tree. God bless you. We love you. Come back next week. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and let's talk about Jesus 